0: Hi, Judith.
1: Hi, Serge. So, several
0: years later, Uh we're revisiting the question of what sustains you.
1: Yes, and as I have just listened and saw the taping that you did several years ago, I don't think I even answered that question very well. and I am surprised at how different. How few years can make such a difference in a way. And um, 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 I, as we were just talking before you started taping, I I know I said some things that I wanted to be recorded i don't remember what any of them are except that one thing that i wasn't angry when i answered that first Mm -hmm. koan in the monastery um but it's interesting uh now freshly when you ask me what sustains me the main word because i've asked myself this several times since you've been wanting to do this again. And I would say, okay, so what would I say? What sustains me? What sustains me? And the word that comes up first over and over and over is space.
2: Mm.
1: And I thought, wow, how interesting. How can I even um, elaborate on that? And I'm talking mostly about physical space really and thinking about it recently i had to realize that every single house that i ever lived in and and could do um and own so i could do uh some repairs i always took down a wall and made a room bigger wow yeah (laughs) really interesting from um uh, because I needed to teach Tai Chi in the room or whatever and now up in my, in Canada where I have my little cabin I don't need to teach ta- Tai Chi in that little room um, because I have a studio which is large enough it's good space but the little cabin that I've been living in I had to repair the front of it for the umpteenth time because the storms come and it Rots and the windows were sagging, and so I had to put a real foundation underneath it, and do the whole front, repair it again. And so I thought, oh well, let's just make it larger. <laughs> so I knocked down a wall again, and I'm in the process of making a larger, much larger than I need because I'm living there alone. But I love space.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels, you know, just uh, as I'm listening to you say this. I feel, you know, a sense of smiling. Um, I feel a sense of, you know, kind of widening in my body. Um, kind of a sense of that, that, that reaction of the larger, um, you know, I'm just experiencing a sense of pleasure at mm-hmm. the notion of larger.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. And of course... I was just talking about outside space. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: There's also the inside space. This has got to affect our breathing. And I wonder if it has affected your breathing. Did you breathe?
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so very, very, um, very much that sense of, but you know, um, uh, I, I mean, I respond to that notion of having more space. Um, and, and so as you were talking, and I'm still feeling that sense of, ah, you know, just like, uh, constriction lifting and say, ah, you know, just that kind of, um, widening. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, well, I, you know, we're so lucky. you're in a, in a lovely place in northern New Jersey. I'm in a place in, in Seattle and and uh, wish the border were open and I could go to my larger space mm-hmm. in Canada, but space and there are so many people now uh, and I'm thinking of at the border and stuff that are just scrunched and in, in uh, refugee camps and there are there's no space. I would probably die. I I remember 1969, having come back from Asia, and I was studying authentic movement with Mary Whitehouse, the, the, the developer of authentic movement. And I remember in a private session once telling her that if I wasn't allowed to move, I would probably die. If somebody tied me down and i couldn't move i would probably die i need movement and yeah. again that's that space you, if there's no space you can't move
2: yeah so yeah. there
1: is this connection both inner for the breathing and outer for moving and space and then more and more and more
0: yeah yeah so you're a dancer you're a dancer and a dancer needs space and movement
1: well some dancers don't mm. you know some dan- there are dances that you could squish i mean a lot of people or something or that physical connection which is wonderful um, so there's the movement and that space mm-hmm. i don't know exactly how that uh it's interesting, I made a little list spaces at the top, you know what sustains me for serge spaces at the top, and then one, two, three other things, maybe four, and then at the bottom, I have movement, so it's sort of at the end of the list, hmm. but I really think I really think they're the same it's very, very much together,
0: yeah, 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 so movement is kind of uh, uh, interacting, exploring space. Uh being in space, uh, occupying the space. Feeling. Feeling the space.
1: Stretching is getting bigger, movement. Yeah. Yeah, hmm a- And we need space for all of that. Yeah. To an extent, you could lean against the wall and push against a wall, and there's still movement and stretching and, and uh, exerting your muscles But if there's no space, you can't do that very much.
0: Yeah, but you know, when the idea of pushing against a wall uh, gives me the idea of, you know, the the impulse to to expand, to push, to get more space. So in that moment, it feels like being connected with making space.
1: Yes, yes. If I had to, and when I was... I wonder how how that happened. When I was um I was raised by a really wicked stepmother who made me sit and not move for hours. And I wonder how I did it. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't yeah. able to move. I remember I mean, if I had to go to the bathroom, I couldn't even do that. I just had to stay there on that little stool. I must have found some inner space or else or else it would have been really much more difficult uh, and horrible than it was. So I I remember sitting there, yeah, I probably found inner space and just would, you know, breathe or stretched internally.
0: Wow, wow, how old were you?
1: I was three when my mother died in childbirth. And uh, and so this wicked stepmother came when I was four. Wow. And uh really was pretty terrible. Uh no space. <laughs>
2: no space,
0: sure. no, no space and being cramped and uh yeah.
1: No space, no nothing. But uh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So um yeah. The 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 next thing that I mention after space yeah what sustains me is space nature
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: the ocean now there's space mm-hmm.
2: there's
1: trees the sky space the sun and warmth that's more just contact I don't know about space but definitely the ocean is one of the biggest biggest connections that i've always had and i'm not living near the ocean now and i really really miss it in california i was always drawn and and stayed by the ocean you know the waves and everything as much as i could up in canada there's water and space amazing space but it's not the ocean
2: Mm.
1: different it's a different energy different life
0: yeah so when the ocean Um, is it the ocean in all its forms or is it especially say when you're at the beach level and you see the water next to you or um, you know I'm just trying to get a sense of what it is that uh, that that gives you that that connection with the ocean
1: what sustained me incredibly for years and years and years was i don't know if you've ever been to bolinas california no it's a little still partially a hippie village from the the 50s and the 60s and it's on the north you know across the golden gate bridge um north of san francisco and um there there's a a highway that goes past it and every time for years and years and years, and probably still so, a sign that was put up that said Bolinas with an arrow, that's where you go off the highway to Bolinas, within 24 hours it was taken down. And and the joke was that every inhabitant in Bolinas had at least one or two of those signs underneath their bed because they <laughs> didn't want anyone to come to Bolinas. <laughs> yeah, It has um, one bar, one store, one museum. It's, it's a very... Small, wonderful thing, and I found and for maybe twenty years rented a um, a house up on the cliff.
2: Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. for
1: um, for me, the the ideal relationship point is up high, so I can see the waves coming mm-hmm. in, the waves and the waves hitting the rocks and the and the. I don't swim. I have a very strange relationship with water. I love water, the ocean, and I'm also terrified of it. It's not that I can't swim. I know how to. I just sink.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Because I think after many, many years, I mean, I've taken lessons. and They don't understand why I don't float. I think it's because I don't have enough space in, the, in my cells because mm-hmm. of that. That torturous time. Of growing up and contracting so much. I mean, severely mm. contracting. So I don't float, but boy, am I attracted to water. I, and I, when I lived in Big Sur, I mean, that was ideal. There were mountains in the back yeah, and the yeah, ocean. Yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived and taught at Esalen for for some years. And so that's my my primary point, just mm-hmm. be able to see the waves and hear the waves and and here in seattle people say well the ocean's right out there and i go that's a puddle it's not <laughs> the ocean it's the puget sound and there are lakes but that's different
0: yeah it, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the waves it doesn't have that uh, that kind of sense of vastness
1: it doesn't have the energy
0: it doesn't have the energy
1: yeah, yeah. uh-huh so, yeah. Um, so
0: so when you're in that cabin when you were at that cabin um, in uh, north of San Francisco, and you could see the ocean, and you felt the energy with the waves and the sound. Uh, that's great, but being in the waves, uh, in the energy, is not good because then it's like you you get into that contracted sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I think um, I think it was Bernard Shaw. There's a quote that. Um, there's nothing more wonderful than experiencing danger from a point of safety. Wow, I Think of that a lot. I'm safe in this in this house in this cabin, and I can see all of that, and the storms were just amazing and wonderful. And um, yeah, when I'm up in in Canada, it's an island, and I do have a view of the Salish Sea. But it's yeah, it's beautiful, but it's the sea. There aren't any waves, except when the storms come.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: storms, you know, rot my little cabin for what five times in twenty years. But um but I love it. And the sound, the sound of of the well, of the wind through the trees. Yeah. But back to that place in Bolinas, I couldn't afford it myself, so I shared it with Three, we always and we never found the fourth one other therapists and we each had one week a month and we would go there and just rejuvenate yeah um we had our privacy because i never saw the other people i just had arranged the whole thing and once a year we met all together at thanksgiving and you know and shared that one day together and then for years we just all were there and it's you know it saved our lives in many many ways i don't know what it was for each of them but i know it was very very important
0: yeah yeah so the the for you uh that connection with nature with the energy of the ocean but what you were mentioning before is that sense of uh, that how you really love um to experience to see the danger from a place of safety.
1: The the force, the yeah. strength.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that moment where the force, you see it, uh, but you are very clear that it's not directed at you.
1: And that I'm safe. Yeah. I mean, the water can hit the windows. and uh, And sometimes it feels like it's just, you know, Well, up in Canada, the whole place was rattling, but it was still secure is not the right word because I don't know how secure it was. It was, um... I was sheltered in a way, in a way by this structure And somehow, yes, felt felt secure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, but it's obviously not just feeling secure, because otherwise being on a lake, being on Puget Sound, would feel okay, because it's secure, but it's secure in the presence of danger, that right. really, really is meaningful. So that that sense of there is danger, but... I'm okay. And so then you have a relationship with the dangerous that you can see the beauty of it instead of being afraid of it.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm okay so far. You never know. Yes. This little, this little house was perched. It's when the earthquake comes next, it's going to be the first one down and everybody knows it. Uh, So there was always that, but knock wood that never happened. And so it was definitely, uh, and it wasn't closed. I could close the windows, and it wasn't leaking very much. So, so there was that kind of seemingly security, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and the excitement of of the ah uh, of the energy. More than the danger of the energy, of the strength of nature, of wind, of water, of, of all of that. It was a very, right, very... Right, right,
0: right. So the excitement of the energy. And so, yeah, like the way as you as a dancer, as somebody who likes to move, have a lot of energy. Um, and so maybe there's something about that energy of nature, that energy of the storm, that energy of the sea that resonates with your energy.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're safe. Hopefully, <laughs> you're right. Yes, yes. Now the, the funny thing is up in Canada, uh, where it's not, well again, I'm on the edge of a cliff. I didn't know when I bought it that it was illegal to be that close. <laughs> <laughs> to the edge of the cliff, 200 feet down. Um, And when there's a storm, it's really amazing. And and the great big, tall Douglas fir trees, I mean, they actually bend. Wow. Which is terrifying. And the whole little cabin just rattles sort of like Dorothy's, you know, before they went to Oz.
2: Yeah.
1: and I've even had to. The storms are so bad there sometimes that I've had to look around and think, okay, because I'm alone and nobody is near. What do I do? And I figured that the only, um, the only safe place in a storm in that little cabin, and it was very, very little. It's going to be bigger soon. Is the bathtub because I could get in it, and if a tree falls i might be protected somehow so that's my safety if i need to i go lie in, i'll go lie in the bathtub i never had needed to but it also it's a very rustic place and i have to go outside and get wood to keep the fire going to stay warm and so facing the wind i can't even open a door so i go out the back way and it is really fierce it is so fierce, and it's I wouldn't say exciting, it's terrifying sometimes, but it's also wonderful being in that energy, mm-hmm. and if I just go get some some pieces of wood and come back, whew, I'm safe, it's quieter, it's mm-hmm. drier
2: mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. doesn't
1: leave and um, and I can stay warm, so it's really. It's really an exciting yeah. time. We've gone from space to this excitement, <laughs> haven't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. But I'm hearing that sense of, you know, I'm, 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 when, it's nice when you mention we've gone from space to excitement, I realize I have an implicit connection, which may or may not be yours, between space and excitement. That the space feels like the, the storm, um, you know, and the ocean feel so much bigger than yourself, that there might be something to that, of being in that, you know, that the, uh, I'm wondering if maybe the the intensity of the storm uh, gives a sense of the vastness of the universe.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very much so, yeah. And the thing that I love about the view that i have now we've transferred to canada in this little cabin and it was only a fluke because i didn't choose the spot but it looks over the water the salish sea the calm salish sea past a few islands and right up into a passageway which is called desolation sound (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> apparently george vancouver if that was his name who was uh exploring around there and naming uh naming things was a manic depressive and he was really depressed the day that he found that that's not that's the story and he just named it desolation sound it's very beautiful but it's all, it's almost endless you know i look over some islands and up into infinity in a way. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Um, And that's my view. And so I sit there and the storm is banging and everything and I can still see up into space. Space. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have a sense of um, uh, what it feels like inside when you're there in a storm? I mean, you mentioned something about the fi- the wind being so fierce that you cannot open the front door. Um, so, um, you know, that that also that there is a possibility of trees falling to the point where you have investigating what you would do with a bathtub. So, so you know, you, it's clearly this is not a place where you're unaware of danger. Um, and so I'm curious about what the inner
2: experience is.
1: Interesting question. Well, but my experience, inner and outer, is of being, well, having a lot of space. It, I have It's a postage stamp piece of property, but there's really nobody else around, nobody that would hear me for sure if I was screaming. So there's that space, that aloneness, that... Uh, nature, there are really tall, big trees that I have somebody come and, and check them out every year to make sure they're not dying or maybe they're not going to fall unless something happens um, extraordinarily. But um, when you asked me, my first thought was danger of other people. Mm. If somebody wanted to come and attack me or kill me or or whatever, nobody would know <laughs> for a long time.
0: And so that feels more frightening.
1: Yeah, other people rather than nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So
0: that sense of the, you know, the storm, nature in the form of a storm may be very violent, but it is something in which you can be safe. You simply are in your home and you're safe, whereas other people, there is a sense of the impossibility of being safe if they really are out of control.
1: So the danger of nature is natural. Yeah. And if a tree is so stressed that it has to fall, um, that's natural and that's all part of the process of nature. Somebody deciding they wanted something that I had there or or whatever, that's not the kind of nature that I can find peace in. Mm-hmm. And that that would be and I think about it every now and then. It's on a dirt road, you know, a few cars go by. Somebody can do anything. And in fact, I just read a, just yesterday, uh, uh, they have a newsletter, the island does, and it says that there are more burglaries now. Mm. I don't know if it's because people, well, they've lost a lot of jobs there. There's not, there aren't many jobs on the island, but they lost. Um, Various things are not open now and that there are more thefts and burglaries, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, the stress stress of Of humanity what's going on is really very stressful
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah
0: Yeah So what's happening as we're talking about this?
1: I've gone, the stressful thing, I've gone off a little bit thinking that just a few months ago on that island, there was a lovely young man who uh, had been living for years. You might say illegally, he built a little house for himself on crown land. He was off the grid. He apparently it was great. He invited me a few times, and I never made it. And I'm so sorry. Um, it was really ingenious, wonderfully well built house. And he died, naturally, just naturally. And nobody knew, of course, until uh, he was going to house sit for someone who was going off the island, and that someone came there to say, "Hey, you're late. Why haven't you come?" And found him. Wow. Yeah, but that's that, and he—he he was so happy. He lived such a wonderful life. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to you know visit him. Uh, and then the same, and then my mind went to my sister who lived in an apartment in Oregon, who died in her bed, and nobody noticed. And this is in a in a populous place.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: nobody noticed until you know. It was summer, and there started to be a smell, I guess, and that's how they found. Um, so it's not just being alone in nature. It could be... It, I always thought about it in New York City. I thought about that a lot. Boy, I'm in this apartment, and nobody knows me or cares or anything. What happens if I die? This was in the 50s. I was thinking of that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that sense of... Um, The ultimate experience of aloneness, um, whether in the middle of nature, away from everybody else, or in the middle of a very populated city.
1: Still away from everybody else. Right. Yeah. -hmm. Mm. I think connection sustains a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of us. Thinking of just the therapeutic process, that that connection, even if it's just once a week for 50 minutes or something, there is a big, important connection.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a connection and in a way it's very mechanical because it's because it's mechanical because it's planned and and paid for you might say and and uh might not even be the best choice for the two mm-hmm. people and it might be very wonderful because it does have that distance in it, but the connection of just the personal connection of a friend or a family when that works, um, very necessary to sustain. Weren't there, uh, experiments done a long time? Well, we know that animals, if they don't have that connection. Yeah. 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 Um, don't survive. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But
0: yet at the same time, you know, you like connection, and you have connection, but you also very much like the isolation of the places you described. Is there kind of a balance between the two, or how do you see the, for you, the...
1: You know, I wouldn't call it isolation. I ever think of it as I would call it space. Yes. Okay. So, but the fact is, for instance, when I'm up on the island all week long, I don't necessarily, unless I'm doing a class or something, I don't see anyone except on that Friday midday when the the market is you know the the farmers market, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The farm coming bring their vegetables, which I buy. And you say hello to these people selling other things. And that's, I mean, market day in, in a rural situation is really big, really, really big. But it's gotten to be so big, and I am quite an, an isolate. Um, sometimes it's even too big, so I go early to the market to buy my vegetables so I can get out of there before most of the people come, because it's just such... Uh, thick heavy social thing that sometimes it's more i i like the um i do like the quiet enough and i i a lot and i i wonder i've wondered about that lately because i don't think i was like that when i was younger i remember was i in the 60s when i was in san francisco i think maybe Um, answering machines had just come out and I had one with a a red light on it still have one with a red light on it and I would walk into my apartment and the first thing I would look at was to see if the light was flashing and I would come in and it would be oh nobody's called me today now when I come in and look it's like oh nobody's (laughs) called me today it was totally different
0: (laughs) But but you also um were training in Zen, uh, which is kind of uh you know wanting to find a certain amount of quiet and isolation
1: yeah yeah and and I surely did in japan i mean i wasn 't i didn 't go to the nunnery, I went to a monastery where I was rejected because I was a woman, but I was allowed to stay because the 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 Headmaster, the grand abbot was was so enlightened that he would let me stay but and i didn't speak much well i didn't speak much at all but um and I lived in a little hut all by myself on the grounds, but not with anyone, so it was very, very quiet. There were days and days when i didn't go when i didn't say anything except maybe chant the sutras if I could or answer the Koan if I could. But, yeah, it was very, very connected with nature and very connected with myself, hopefully, Mm -hmm. and very connected, well, with space.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's interesting that I put, can you see it? There's a a kakemono scroll behind me that was done by him. And it is that, you know, famous Enzo. And the characters say... Nothing missing, nothing added,
0: wow, nothing missing, nothing added, yeah,
1: yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. wow, and so uh, referring to the to the circle itself is as a perfect right. form or just life in general, or yeah,
1: yes, all of that <laughs> yes yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but. But what I thought on the more prosaic level is that for many, many, many years, being a single mother, um, really having three careers, one being you know, teaching Tai Chi, doing the therapy, teaching in graduate schools. I had to go out. I had to be out. I had to go to those parent meetings. I had to be up front and arrange things and, and coordinate for my children. There was a lot of out there and that red light blinking was always on. So now I never thought I would live this long. Uh, But it does have some advantages along with the aches and the pains and the everything else's. Um, I think I'm just, you know, Maybe finding balance, but coming back into my own space and quietness when I couldn't for so long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I never resented my, the, you know, doing therapy. I always loved it. Um, and it was a very singular space in one room that I didn't use for anything else and um, paying attention to someone else's. Um, aches and pains and problems it was really a relief compared to just so I could keep my children quiet Um, but and now that I'm doing much less of that I mean still teaching some still therapy some um, having the time and the space for for receiving whatever else there is to come
0: yeah 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 the time and the space for receiving
2: whatever else comes Need to come needs to yeah come. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
1: i have um I've almost always had chickens and a vegetable garden because I wanted to feed my children well. And now I have chickens. I talk, sometimes there are days when I talk to them more than anyone else, (laughs) which is just fine. Um, uh, But uh, again, connecting with nature, their nature, the nature of the weeds that I'm struggling with. And uh, hopefully the nature of the vegetables that will be growing if mm-hmm. the rabbits and the raccoons and the everything else and the crows and everything don't eat them, and I hear more now, hmm. the birds, the bees of late. Is this yeah. time? Oh my gosh, the bees! To be able to hear the the humming of. Heaven only knows how many bees. Uh, yeah. the um, Charlotte Silver, who was my main mentor for many, many years in sensory awareness, her teacher in Berlin, Elsa Gindler, who really started the work and One of Gindler's students was Wilhelm Reich's second wife, and she really, we all feel that she influenced him to bring body and energy and connection into Mm -hmm. psychoanalysis. Gindler has said, or Charlotte said that Gindler said that sometimes at night she could sit and be so quiet that she felt that she could feel the movement of the earth. Mm. I'm not that quiet.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: But so, what I'm hearing a lot is that um, quiet, there's a quality of quiet, and that quality of quiet uh, I feels related to space uh, and to uh, being connected to that something larger of nature, you know, at the extreme, to the point of hearing the movement of the earth. But something that feels like, um, you know, there is, um, you know, I was going to say spiritual quality to quiet, but not spiritual in the sense of a uh, a form but something that's almost essential beyond any form that is given to it
1: yes and not spiritual in the sense of escaping that's not no, spiritual no no being right there alive and fully fully in it
2: yeah yeah
1: is the spiritual that i
0: right and i'm wondering if maybe in the middle of the storm uh, you know when you said feeling safe in the middle of the storm or you know something i forgot the exact quote you were mentioning but i'm wondering if that's a moment of feeling in the in the contrast with the storm or with the energy of nature the energy of the ocean the the quietness the presence of quietness in the middle of that you know intense energy i'm just curious
1: like the eye of the hurricane
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: I, all hurricanes need eyes, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think we all need eyes or quiet spots. And for me at this point in my life, yes, I need more quiet. I have no idea how I raised two children on my, totally on my own and managed three different careers all on my own for so long. And Well, I do know that I wrote my dissertation between midnight and 6 a.m. While the children were asleep, so then then 6, 6.30, I had to get them up and off to school. But yeah, that quiet, and now I'm able to luxuriate in it
2: Mm -hmm, in a way mm -hmm.
1: that I couldn't before.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm so grateful for nature if I were, and you're in a place where I'm sure there's better nature and you can look out the window and maybe have walks better than you could in New York. And I keep saying, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I can look out and see green. Now, if I were looking out a window and saw a concrete wall or another building, I don't know, <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be very good for me. I'm so grateful for, for nature. Yeah. Green has become my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> and it never was when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: So, just does it feel like a good place to end, or is there something you would want to
1: add? Oh well, since we are going to have the other mm-hmm. uh, part too, I, I just want to. Um, Sort of do a continuation, sure. for, for that. Uh, um, I mentioned, and it must have been four years ago that one of the things I was going to do. I found a place to um, to donate all of my. I'm still looking for places to donate various of my books, but the, all the ones on the Holocaust. I I was researching. Uh, giving it to the Holocaust Center for Humanity here in Seattle, and they were opening up a very well done small museum and I became a docent. I think I said I was thinking of or going to be trained as a docent, so for the past few years, just the opposite I've been going there and not been quiet mm. the The museum is very small the one in in d c my gosh you you need a week to go through it. This you can do in a couple of hours. And I've been meeting young people, school children, old people there and, you know, and guiding them or explaining, answering whatever questions to them. And it, it's very tasteful, very clear. Most of it was created by survivors
2: mm.
1: and now children of survivors. And that that's interesting. So I have space to do that, which is very, very important, and the ability to do that. I have the breath. I can talk to them and share different things and uh, communicate. So I'm not totally an isolate. That's a very meaningful part for my life here in Seattle. I guess up on Cortes that Friday market is is the important that's the social part um yeah, and maybe when it opens again, I mean it might be different, but I'm sure people will be very, very glad to see other people again mhm mhm mm-hmm. Um, in a way, it seems like the earth. Needed a pause. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done so poorly about with with the climate and pollution and everything. We were just going so full steam ahead and really not doing much. I thought um, that we had we're doing we're we're on the way to doing well. Uh, not using plastic bags and you know no you know and. And the people that I knew, everybody carried their own cup and everything, but then this last autumn, I was in tibet, China, Thailand, and I thought, "Oh my God, I mean just the market in mm. in in Hanoi, the gazillion plastic bags mm,
2: that were yeah. used
1: every single night for nothing that you needed well, some of them you did need I thought." we're never going to get over the use of plastic and, and the junk that's in the ocean. And I got really, really uh, depressed and unhappy. I thought we had, we as humans had made progress. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we have. So I mm. think the earth went, you know, something, listen, listen, we have to pay attention more. I have no idea of how we're coming out of this. if.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: And it seems so very, very important. And one of the most important things for me is, thank heavens that it's the whole world that's involved. Not just a couple of countries with the virus that we could go, oh, sorry, or, mm-hmm. or that's a shame or something and not pay attention to it. Like we've done, we Americans have done in the past. Right. So I'm really glad that 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 we're all involved with this.
0: We live in one world, and we're hopefully realize that we live in one world. Yeah. Thanks, Judith.
1: Thank you so much, Serge.
0: This is part of the Active Pause podcast. To see more
2: and subscribe to the newsletter, go to activepause.com.